Hey, this is Nikki McCrary, lead pastor at Eastern Heights Baptist Church in Statesboro, Georgia, where we exist to be a life-changing church. So as you listen, I pray that you will be encouraged in your walk with Christ and that your life will be forever changed as you grow in your relationship with Him. Glad to be with you all this morning. Um, We're going to be in Colossians 3 today. Um, As they said before, my name is Chris, and I do work with Baptist Collegiate Ministry, otherwise known as BCM. Um, And I love college ministry, and I love Statesboro. I love our churches here in this community. And I just want to say thank you uh, to all of you and to this church. Uh, Thank you for Nikki, uh, Pastor Nikki, inviting me here today, as well as just for all of you as a church. Uh, I really appreciate y'all. Y'all have been supportive of BCM, whether you know it or not, you have been. Um, But I'm thankful for this church, Uh, thankful for an opportunity to even be here today to say thank you, but also to get into the Word Today, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3, and what we're going to be doing is looking at uh, what it looks like to have our identity in Christ today. And so we're going to be uh, kind of looking at the scripture, breaking it down a little bit, but then also kind of looking at it of how we can apply that to our own life. And so um, when it starts off here uh, at the very beginning of Colossians chapter 3, uh, in verses one, verse, verse 1, there's kind of like this statement that says it's an, it's an if and a then statement. There's an if and if then. There's a if you, if you do this, then this happens. And so it kind of reminds me of like in my life of, you know, there's those simple things of uh, if you show up to your job, then you get paid, right? Simple, simple if then things of life, you know, supposed, supposed to be that way. If you, uh, like when I was told as a kid, uh, you know, Chris, if you clean your room, then you can go play outside with your friends or whatever it was that I wanted. If I don't, there's other consequences, right? If I disobey. Um, you know, like this morning, uh, I don't know how, how you feel about this, but like this morning I got to the church and I, I, I did the, I don't know if, if guys, if you do this, but you do kind of like the own, like the pat down when you get out of the car, like the pat down on the keys, wallet, phone. Okay, we're good here. Um, I did that when I got out of the car just uh, a little while ago, and I did that, and it was like, oh, only got two out of three, missing the phone. So, you know, I, for some reason, we've got to this point in our life where we, we feel like, you know, if we don't have our phone, sometimes we're missing a part of ourselves, or I feel like I'm going to definitely, my wife is definitely texting me something right now of something to pick up from the store later on, and I have no idea what it is, and that's okay. I have an excuse and witnesses, okay? Um, but that's, it's a consequence, if I forgot my phone, then I don't know what's going on. It's okay. I'll be okay. I'll be, I'll be okay. But we're going to look at this, and this is what uh, Paul writes here in this letter. It's a simple if and a then as he starts off here. So let's read the first few verses of Colossians chapter 3. It says, Therefore, if you have been raised up, up with Christ, keep seeking things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. So kind of as we look at that, uh, there's going to be four different points I want to go through today. And so the very first point I want to put out there to you is uh, when we take our focus off of Christ, we get caught up in the world. So if you follow Christ, we seek the things that are above. Uh, there's kind of two parts to this that he says. He says, first of all, he says, if you have been raised with Christ, so if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, um, then you will do these two things. It says you will seek the things that are above, 
Uh, and then it says you will set your mind to those things. And those are two different parts. And we can kind of gloss over that point right there that we can miss that, that there's two separate parts to that, to that command of, of saying if we have been raised with Christ, if we are believers in Christ, all of those things, if we've been saved, then we will do those two things. We will, we will seek what is above, and then we'll set our mind to the things that are above. We're going to get into that in just a little bit more in just a minute. Um, but a lot of times uh, we get distracted in life. Anybody in here get distracted? I get distracted a lot. One of the things I get distracted with is my phone, which I don't have. One less distraction, right? That's a good thing. And so um, let's do this. Let's do a, a choose-your-own-adventure here today. Let's, this is not something I've done before, but I have kind of two different ways I can go with this illustration, okay? And y'all are going to help me out. As it'll be crowd participation today. So I want you to raise your hand if you prefer baseball over football. Now raise your hand if you prefer football over baseball. Okay, we're going with the football illustration. Okay. That was easy. Uh, really was, really was heading that direction. I was going to go with this Braves illustration and all this. It's okay. Football it is. I love football. Wearing my Georgia Southern socks. There was a Hale Southern set on the stage. I mean, come on, we're good here. Um, but back in 2017, what was that now? It feels like yesterday, but it was not. It was like five years ago. Wow, wow. That's, yeah. So back in 2017, if you're a Falcons fan, we had a really good season, okay? I'm a Falcons fan. Sometimes when they're doing well. I'm a bandwagon Falcons fan, okay? And so we were having a really good season. We made it all the way to the Super Bowl. I don't know if you remember this or if you blocked it out of your memory like I did. Uh, I'm bringing it back up for today. But we got to the Super Bowl. We're playing the New England Patriots, Tom Brady, the most famous team, the most famous football player, all these things. And we get up, and we get up. I'm sorry I'm going to do this to you if you're a Falcons fan. I'm really sorry. I'm going say to the, say the words 28 to 3, okay? We get up 28 to 3, heading towards the fourth quarter. And if you don't know what happens, I'll spoil it for you. We, we lost the game. We, we, we blew the lead. One of the worst, one of the worst uh, just endings to a Super Bowl of all time, or greatest comeback of all time, whatever you want to call it. I call it one of the worst endings I've ever seen in my life. But I remember where I was, what I was doing. I was, I was kind of like hanging out with some friends. We had some people over to our house. And I was going through this like mental breakdown a little bit of what was happening because I had friends texting me and they were like, they were like, there's no way we blow this lead. There's no way we mess this up, right? And I was like, there's no way, there's no way. And then I had these friends over here, these friends that are like, we we invited over to watch the football game with us. But they're like the casual fans. They're like, oh, football exists. Who are the Falcons again? The Atlanta Falcons, the Macon Falcons? I don't know. We're just here for the party. You know, so like I'm really just into the game and they're like wanting to chit chat over here and I'm like, we got this game going on. We're gonna, we gotta get this. We gotta do this. So I'm distracted by this game. And then this whole thing just blows up in our faces and we lose the game. And I just kind of lose it. I'm just like, I mean, my, my dog, how many of you, your dogs are affected by the way you watch sports? Like if your dog cowers in the corner when you watch sports, you might relate to me in this, okay? But my dog's over here cowering because I'm yelling at the TV. My wife's over here telling me like, they can't hear you, Chris. They can't hear you. She says that to me every, every time I watch game, games on TV, but I'm, I always talk to the refs. I talk to the fans. I talk to whoever wants to hear me. Nobody wants to hear me there, okay? But I'm talking to the TV. I'm getting just dis- distracted. I was caught up in that moment. We lost the game, and I'm just like, my whole life feels like it's like, <sighs> but then I have to get this perspective because I'm like, you know what? This is just a game. It's just a game. 
because this is not, this has no bearings on my eternity. It has no bearings on anyone else's eternity. But this is a game. But I get distracted. I get caught up in the world because I take my focus off of Christ. Now, that's a silly example, I know. But there's other things that we do in our, in our own lives. We get distracted by the things that we try to do, whether it's uh, the popularity we try to gain, the money we try to make, the, where money becomes king over everything, uh, the time we do or do not spend with our family. Uh, all of these things become distractions in our own life. They become distractions for what Christ says to do. He says to set your mind on things above, to seek the things that are above. So we get caught up in this world a lot. I want to uh, kind of keep going here, uh, read verses 5 through 11 here. But it says, <clears throat> Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil, desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. <clears throat> and in them you once walked when you were living in them, but now you also put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed, to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free man, but Christ is all and in all. And so we get caught up in all of these things when in reality this, this part of Scripture that we're looking at today, it says, look at these things. Look at these things that distract us from the world. And it lists off these different sins, wrath, anger, malice, slander. Uh, all of these things, these are, what, these are what distract us. These are what take us away from what we have. But we have this thing that we have to go back to in, verses one, in verse 1 there where it says, to seek the things that are above and to set your mind on things that are above. Now, in my mind, I have to do this. I have to find out, okay, okay, if it says to do these two things, how do I make this distinction between these two things? This is kind of how I do it in my own mind. Um, when, I was, uh, when I was down here as a, as a freshman in college in Statesboro, I, me and my wife met actually at Baptist Collegiate Ministries, full circle now. I'm the campus minister. She was the president of BCM at the time, or BSU at the time. Uh, she was president, and I was just a lowly little freshman boy coming in, saw this girl, and I was like, hey, that's a cute girl. Um, I'm going to go talk to her. And she was like, that's nice. You know, basically the, kind of like the pat you on the head, like send me on my way kind of thing. I was like, okay, that's fine, whatever. Um, a little time goes by, a couple months go by. Uh, I start to kind of have this crush on this girl, but I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. She's this older girl. So I, I called her up one Friday night, and I called her, and I was living in Winburn Hall at the time, if anybody remembers that at all. It's gone. It's torn down. Uh, but I was, I was calling from my landline phone there, and I called her up, and I said, uh, I said, hey, Jessica, this is Chris. And she's probably like, who? And I was like, oh, it's all, it's all good. You know, the guy that you think about all the time, you don't. Um, but I said, hey, what are you doing? You want to uh, hang out tonight or just like, you know, go grab something to eat? And she's like, this is Friday night, okay? Friday night. She goes, I have homework to do. What a lie. Come on. Come on. Um, she did not have homework. Nobody has homework on a Friday night. We all know that. Sorry, teachers and professors. We just don't. You, nobody does it on Friday night. But like, okay, so she says that. She says she doesn't remember that now. Uh, kind of fast forward a little bit. Obviously, I'm talking about my wife. So, you know, something happened between that point and now to where we've been married for almost 17 years now. But 
later on, when she actually did kind of, uh, you know, actually pay me, the, pay me attention and gave me the time of day, I guess, uh, we eventually started dating. I uh, eventually got to a point where it got serious, and I bought a ring, and I started thinking about the future with her and all these things. But before, I was seeking her out. I was seeking after her. But I didn't really set my mind on her because it was just kind of this thing that I didn't really know anything about. I didn't know what was going to happen, if anything was ever going to happen. But then it got to a point where I started to plan my future around the idea of being with this person the rest of my life. And so it started to change my mindset. It started to say, I'm going to set my mind on her. I'm going to set my mind on this. And this is kind of the difference of when Paul is talking about here. He says, not only to seek the things that are above, because right now, all of you, you're, you're here because of this idea of you're seeking after the things that are above. You're seeking after what Christ has. But you can't truly set your mind on what God has for you unless you're living that out in your daily life. You can't do that. So those are two different things. And so as we kind of get on from that, um, I want to look at my second point. My second point is that it's just as simple as this. Christ is life. And it kind of talks about that here in verse 4. In verse 4 it says, When Christ, who is our life, see Paul is just kind of assuming right there. He's assuming the reader is that Christ is their life. He says, When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Now, I don't, I don't know if you remember these uh, T-shirts and bumper stickers and all that kind of stuff. There used to be these things that said things like, uh, baseball is life, the rest is just details. Do you might remember those things? Um, there, was, uh, there was some that would say, like, I think I knew this person that had a, a bumper sticker that was like, boating is life. And I was like, that's cool. You know, I, I wish I had a boat. But, um, but then I remember this one was my least favorite one. Uh, it said, math is life and the rest is just details. And I was like, get out of here with that stuff. That's, that's wrong. I apologize to all you math lovers out there. I really do. Um, me, me and math just have never agreed in our brains. That's okay. I write papers and I talk and I talk to people and I'm relational, but math, no, can't do it. Um, but it says Christ is our life, not these other things. That's what we start to do is we start to make these other things our life. We say, uh, I, am a, I am a teacher, therefore teaching is my life. It's who I am. I am a businessman. I own my own business. Uh, I'm a nurse, therefore everything I do becomes me being a nurse. Everything I do becomes me being a marketing major. Whatever it may be, you can list a million things of who you are as a person, your identity. That's what we start to identify as. We do that, we choose to do that, and we want others to know that that's our identity. But it says very clearly in Scripture that Christ should be our identity, not the things that we do. Now, the great thing is that uh, this scripture starts to take a real turn here in verse 7. And so that's where I want to concentrate here in just a second. Um, but in verse 7, there's something really important that gets said. It says, it lists, first of all, in verse 5 and 6, it lists these different sins. And it says, here's some things that you may be caught up in. Here's some things that you may be distracted by. And then in verse 7, it says, and in these things you once walked when you were living in them. Now, for all of you English majors out there, there's something called past tense language being used here. Paul's talking in the past tense. He says, in these things you once walked, and you were walking in them. So it's saying, you were living in sin, but now you've been delivered out of that. You've been saved out of that. So how do we live accordingly? How do we do that? We, we set our mind on things that are above. We seek the things that are above. We do all of these things. But it says in this, uh, in this passage, 
it uses a phrase here. And I'm not a Greek scholar by any means, uh, but there's, a, there's one simple word, and I really love the definition of this word when we get back to it. But in this passage, there's a Greek word called nekroo that gets used. And it says, what should we do with all of these sins that distract us from getting to, to where we should be? It says, nekroo them. That's my own way of getting about it. But it, it's basically, it means to annihilate them. Uh, the clearest translation would be something like to make these things dead. Let them die off and actually go after them and go after killing these things off, these sins, these things of, of lies and slander and, uh, and evil and malice and all of these things. It says not just simply do them less, but kill them off, annihilate these things, get them out of your life completely because it says because of these things, God's wrath is coming. Now, one, the wonderful thing about God is that we have this balance because we have this balance of God's wrath, but then we also, we sing, you know, we sing and we, we talk about God's grace and mercy. So if God is wrathful, if, it, if God has wrath, that means that he, he gets angry at sin and he wants that to all go away. But at the same time, if God is also full of grace and mercy, those two things can coexist and they do coexist. Actually, very well, because God is, it's not a lie when we sing about God's love and mercy and grace. That is actually a, a wonderful, wonderful thing. And without that, I wouldn't be here today. All of us would not be able to be saved. But because of that, we have that. But also because of the sin, it says God's wrath is coming. And so we have to take those two things kind of in a balance. Um, and that's what we look at there. We, it looks at this idea of, of putting away old practices. And so my, my point number three there is that, uh, look back at the notes, you were living in sin. And so point number three there is that you were living in sin. And it's not something that we actively want to live in because it's something that when we are delivered out of those things, when we are saved from those things, that's something that, sure, we're going to look back at sometimes. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna stumble. We're going to trip up. But we should not be living in those sins. Um, the, best way I can, the best way I can kind of illustrate this is think about this right here, this area, this general area. This is your past self. This is your, your sinful nature. This is the, when you were living in sin, maybe before salvation, before uh, your life turned around, before God saved you. So this is your past self. This is where God wants us to go, to the guitar, okay? So the guitar over here is the new, is the new life that God has so much better for us. What a lot of times we do is that some of you are just full out running to what God has for you. You're full out running over here and saying, I don't care what that past self was. I don't care what that past life was. I'm going to run away from it. And I'm going to run exactly to what God has. That's awesome. And that's a great place to be. That's where, that's where we should be. But a lot of times what we do is that we have this past self here and what we, we, we keep looking back at it and we kind of keep like, kind of like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You kind of maybe go back over here and then go back over here, you know, because you went on a retreat or something like that and you go this way. Whatever it may be is that it says actually in Revelation that, you know, that idea of being lukewarm, being in the middle, God wants to spit us out. That's not something that's a, it's not a beautiful statement there. It's something that's very harsh because it's, it's a reality of what that looks like when we live in our, when we live one way <clears throat> and we talk another way. When we seek things out, when we seek God out on a Sunday morning, when we seek God out by, uh, by maybe reading our Bible occasionally, but we haven't set our mind on what God has for us over here. We haven't set our mind because our mind's still over here. We're still caught up in all of this. 
we're still looking at it, we're still glancing at it, saying, I don't know, maybe this life is, this life was kind of, I don't know, it was a little fun over here, but at the same time, I know God has way better for me over there. Um, but we were living in sin. And I love that past tense language that Paul uses there. He says, you were living in sin. This is not who you are. This past self, this is not who you are. You're not defined by your sin. You're not defined by this past person you were. Maybe some of you were, you know, you're, you look at your past and you're like, man, you don't know my past. My past was rough. Like, the thing is, God knows your past. He knows every detail about it. And there's nothing that says, where God says, you know what, that is too rough. God actually says, I want... I want, that, uh, I want that person to be over here. I want that person in all of their mess-ups, all of their, the things that they've done, that's their past. He actually says to put on the new self, and that's what we're looking at today. So in verse 12, let's pick up here. It says, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I love that idea. It says to actively put those things on. Verse 13, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also you should forgive. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. But instead, put on these things as you live in Christ. Verse 17 there, uh, it's one of my favorite verses uh, in this whole passage and in the Bible, really. Uh, in verse 17, it says, Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all for the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. A lot of times we do things kind of for ourselves, for our own glory. Um, maybe some of you have, uh, kind of are looking for a promotion at work, or, uh, or maybe you, you've done some project or something that, uh, that you're kind of trying to get the credit for. And, there, and, the, and that, those things happen. Well, of course, we want to we do our best. We want to do our work with excellence. There's no doubt in that. But at the same time, are we doing what we do for our own glory, for our own selves? Are we doing it for ourselves, or are we doing things, uh, whether it be things at work or things with our own friendships or things in our marriage, are we doing these things so that God can get the glory from them? That's the kind of the difference there. In 1 Corinthians, uh, in 1 Corinthians 1, Galatians 6, uh, all, over the, all over the Psalms, there's an idea of that we boast in the Lord. Uh, we brag on him. We brag on the good things that God has done. Because when good things happen, in Scripture it says all good things come from above. So if all good things come from above, we didn't do them. God is blessing us with these things. Whether it be through a promotion at work, whether it be through a financial gain, whether it be through uh, something that the Lord has blessed us with. You know, I look at, I look at myself and I, I just think I have a lot to be thankful for. I have a lot to be grateful for. Whether it was the family that I had growing up, or whether it's the air that I'm breathing in this moment, um, I have a lot to be grateful for. And so it's, it says that in everything that we do, in word or in deed, so in action or in the things that we say, do it all for the name of the Lord. So that's my point number four. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I'm just stealing straight from Scripture with my point number four there. And, I, and I'm 
And I'm 100% okay with that because that's, that's the biggest point I can drive home today. It says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And so I think a lot of times we try to uh, put, on, put our lives in something else. We try to put our identity in something else. Uh, like I talked about this past self over here. Maybe it is we, we try to put all of our lives into our work. Maybe we try to put all of our lives into our family, into our kids. Maybe you're homeschooling your kids. Maybe you're uh, just putting, putting those, you know, putting the kids before everything else. Maybe you're putting your, uh, your spouse before everything else. Maybe you're putting your money before everything else. I don't know what it is, but it says very clearly in Scripture, when we do that, when we put other things before Christ, it's, it's a dangerous game to play. And so I, I want to leave you with that today of that if we are not putting our identity in Christ, we're going to lose ourself. We're not going to have an identity really to begin with. And so um, as the band comes forward, I want to pray for us and just say thank you to God. Lord, I thank you so much for the way that you have moved, the way that you are working in this church. I thank you for uh, the love, the mercy that you do show. Um, even though we, we read today that, uh, that you are uh, you can also be filled with wrath because of the sins that we have in our life, because of the sins that's in this world. God, you are a loving, you are a merciful God. And for that, we're thankful. And we praise your name today. God, without you, we are nothing and we have nothing. Lord, I pray that you would take this, uh, take this word and Lord, I pray that you would use that. God, I pray that we would be able to act out uh, giving you glory in every way. God, I pray that whether that be through simple conversations today, later on, or whether that be through uh, the, way we, uh, the way we treat the people around us, the way we talk to our family, the way we uh, deal with others at work. God, bring honesty, bring wisdom uh, to these people. Bring uh, just a, glor- a glorifying of your name in every word, every action. God, I thank you so much for what you do and what you're doing through this congregation. In your name we pray. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by this message today. If you would like more details on our church, please visit us at ehbcstatesboro.org.